Hi guys, welcome to the final episode of season three. This is episode 13, and we are taking a deep dive into tea. We're not only discussing the history of teas and the many options with teas and what sets them apart and makes them different, but we're also gonna be talking about some provable health benefits of drinking tea and natural flavors, what it really means, what you need to look out for, and how you can absolutely be your own advocate and find the best teas. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life one step at a time. Let's do this together. A few little housekeeping things. First of all, I want to tell you, right in the beginning of my talk with Marlena, I knocked the microphone and didn't realize I had knocked it down for maybe 30 seconds. Don't worry. Don't like tune out of this episode because you're like, I can't even hear Michelle. (laughs) Trust me. I did realize it and I did correct the microphone. Um, Second of all, the first part of this whole tea topic is our last episode, episode 12. I started recording both of these together. I thought were going to be one episode, but then once I actually talked with Marlena, I realized She just was too full of knowledge. This is a great episode, guys, packed full of all kinds of information. So I realized I had to break it into two episodes. So the first kind of part of this is episode 12 here in season three. And then this is the second half, episode 13. Also, you can find this episode. I don't often do this, but you can find this episode over on YouTube as well. If you are someone who would rather watch than just listen go sit down with Marlena and I and check it out. I will put the link in the show notes or just go over to my YouTube channel, Solely Rested. Um, What else did I want to tell you? Oh yeah. I mentioned in a previous episode in this season, it might've been episode three. I'm not sure. I mentioned that I was going to devote an entire episode in this season to making real food more convenient because we talked in episode one and two about Um, kind of just debunking the whole idea of, is real food really that complicated? And why does it benefit marketers to convince us that it is when it really isn't? Anyway, so I, I quizzed everyone over on Instagram. I love to do that because I feel like that's the great place where I really have the pulse on you guys and what you're interested in and what I'm creating that is of value to you. And I asked you all, what you would like to see in the next season. And I was really kind of, I was shocked at the huge percentage that fell on this whole idea of making real food convenient. Because honestly, I kind of felt like, well, this season had some to do with that too. And I almost felt like, well, maybe that's a little repetitive, but no, a large percentage of you said, that's what I want. And then I thought, whoa, can I do a whole season on that? Like, is there, so I sat down mapped out some ideas, did a little research, pulled my thoughts together. And I think it's six, six episodes. I think I don't have my notes in front of me. I think I have six episodes planned for season four, all about making real food convenient. So I'm excited. That's going to be the next season that we roll out after this episode. So watch for that. 
And if you're not following, by the way, please follow on your favorite podcast player. Also take a second to give it a five-star review if you enjoy this podcast, because that helps me a lot. And please take a second to go check out my absolute favorite tea company in the world, Positively Tea. If you use my code, Solely Rested, S-O-U-L-Y-R-E-S-T-E-D, Solely Rested at PositivelyT.com, you will get 10% off your entire order. And that even includes their amazing bulk price choices. The code will work on everything. So go check it out and also go over to solelyrested.com slash teas if you would like links directly to all of my personal and my family's personal favorite options of the Positively Teas, solelyrested.com slash teas. And now let's do this. I am so excited today, guys, that we have Marlena Schneider with us. And I've been kind of, hi, Marlena. <laughs> I've been kind of hinting over on Instagram that I had this amazing tea expert coming on. So folks have been waiting for this and I talk, oops, I just knocked my mic. I was so excited. I like knock my mic <laughs> off the table. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've been waiting for this because I, I have been fascinated with tea for decades. It's my favorite beverage all the time, no matter what the season and I have been eager to kind of pick your brain. Oh, what do you have? Our um, Robos chocolate chai. Oh, I haven't tried that it's one. Brilliant. It's wonderful. Okay, wait a minute. Have I been saying Robos wrong my whole life? No, it's, it's Robos. Robos. It's, it's Robos. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is probably both are correct, right? Most, most people, <laughs> most, most Americanized people say Robos, but it is Robos technically, yes. Okay, Robos. Okay. Roibus. Um, yeah, you have some great rooibos based ones that I love. It's such a sweet tea anyway, you know, and like naturally sweet. That's so you don't have to add to it. Not a lot of sugar, exactly. not a lot of honey. It's honeyed sweet kind of naturally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm sitting here drinking tea too. So I have, this is, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite one of all of your teas. I think this is juicy peach. Excellent. Yeah. So, okay. So Marlena, you have spent like a decade, right. In this specialty beverage industry, and you have all kinds of background in tea. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, um, I started my career in specialty beverage, um, when I was still a junior in college. Um, my experience kind of started in coffee. Um, I work for fresh toasted coffee and positively tea, and I'm their director of operations. Um, I've been with the company for 10 years. Um, when I was a junior in college, they were looking for, um, an intern to kind of help. Um, and at the time it was just a local small roasting company. Um, when there was only about two other people working there at the time. And I came in and kind of helped them, um, with, their website and their marketing, um, and writing my, um, my degree is actually in creative writing and English. Um, oh, me too. We have that in common too. <laughs> um, that's really cool. Um, yeah. and so that sort of creativity also lends itself well to learning how to blend, um, and also to write about the product. So they really needed help, like describing some of the coffees and stuff. So that's where I had started. Um, 
and we were strictly coffee. Um, so that business started for them in like 2009. I came in around 2012. Um, and then by 2015, we had added positively tea at my request um, because- Of course, uh, very needed, good move. Needed tea. Um, <laughs> so, and a lot of our customer base had always asked, you know, do you guys also do tea? Um, so we kind of got into the, the tea space. Um, I have a vested interest in um, kind of overall wellness. I um, have chronic Lyme disease. Um, so mm -hmm. I always tried to- um, work on um making sure that i was making healthy choices um and I, my favorite way to consume anything is is a beverage i all my everybody will tease me my desk is like littered with like cups and mugs and stuff because i'm always like drinking so um mm -hmm. tea and coffee were were important to me i was drinking a lot of it so you know it was important to know what was in it if it was benefiting me um, so there was kind of a vested interest there as well. Um, I went yeah. to, and I believe you told me if I had a tea or a coffee question, you've probably either what tasted it, tested it, blended it, or, um, yeah, roasted roasted it. It. <laughs> yep. yeah, we've done, we've done everything. I mean, I, I roasted, I blended coffee, I blended tea. Um, I have sampled, um, pretty much, I mean, everything that's ever come in here. Um, we have a, we have a Q grader that also we work with for the coffee side. Um, but we, we kind of have the special palettes in the building. So if anybody wants to know like what we think of something we have, we have the two special palettes. So me and Dave, um, our Q grader, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been really amazing. Um, and I've, um, kind of worked exclusively with the T-Line. I've done all the buying. Um, I've done all the research. Um, I have, uh, I went to the Specialty Tea Institute in 2017 um, and went through their program up until level two. Um, I was supposed to go back um, to finish my curriculum, um, which is up to level four, um, which is like their expert level. Um, but COVID happened and unfortunately uh -huh. they, they didn't have the classes available. Well, I'll so. just have to have you back on when you get to there. Now, before we started recording, Marlena knows this, but for everybody else watching before or listening, by the way, this is a, for those of you who see on a YouTube, this is also available on any podcast player and vice versa. Um, but for those of you who are just joining us now, Marlena already knows before we started recording my dog Bixby, who all my followers like pretty much love and adore because he is the best dog in the world. He asked to go outside. So I'm like, Marlena, he's not back yet. And now he's back. So I'm going to go let Bixby in. He's done with his. He is done. And now he often gets a little treat when he comes in he's like looking at his treat charts. Like, no, Bix, just go lay down. <laughs> Um, okay. So Marlena, I wanted you, one thing I really would love for you to tell us is just briefly, I don't think people really know kind of the history of tea. I mean, this is a drink that's been around a long time. So give us the brief rundown. I think the first recorded mention of tea, um, was 12 AD China. Um, mm -hmm. so we're going back. Wow. Like, yeah. Back. Um, there are five major, tea producing regions um, in the entire world. And they're going to be China, China, which is sort of the birthplace of tea. Um, and most of the uh, processing styles that we're familiar with, um, some that are some that maybe not 
aren't so familiar, um, but most of the, the traditional methods all did originate in China and were kind of um, brought to other parts of the world. So China, Japan, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, India, and um, Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan um, being famous for oolong, um, uh, rolled oolong, um, and they the Taiwanese have their own um, grading system for tea that's, that's specific to to oolong and and to Taiwan. Um, Interesting. Japan. And even some teas are called different things even, right? Because what we call black tea is traditionally called red in other parts of the world. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that's interesting. Be, um, red tea can be oolong as well. Um, oh. And in my mind, I associate red tea with rooibos. Um, Me too. Rooibos, right. Mm -hmm. Because it is technically red um, and it comes from the red bush um, in South Africa. So, right. um, there, there is a lot of kind of crossover with, with what's what, um, China traditionally is known for green tea. Um, but all tea comes from the same plant. So if you're talking about tea, it is one, one plant, the Camilla sinensis plant, um, uh, with its Latin name, um, but all tea. So if you're talking about oolong, so that's true tea, right? All true tea. Cause like rooibos comes from a rooibos plant. And of right. course, herbal teas aren't teas at all, really. Right. They're like a tisan or tisane, um, mm -hmm. and are usually just combinations of herbs, dried fruits, spices, um, and usually contain no tea whatsoever. Um, some people will blend regular teas with herbs and spices as well. Um, but that would traditionally be called just because it includes that caffeinated um, plant. Okay. Uh, well, I'm hoping in a little bit, I can pick your brain about like what these different things mean, all these different types of tea. Um, like what about, could you break down for us? I know that a lot of people talk about how healthy tea is and what a healthy choice it is. Our last podcast episode here in this season, we broke down all the extreme number of reasons to not drink soda and how bad it is for you and how it's been shown to actually cause cancer, you know? So on the other hand, you have tea, which is such, in my mind, at least a very healthy drink. Um, and I know there's been some real provable health claims. Am I right about tea? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're talking about a provable health claim that's backed by research, um, and peer studied and, um, so there is some validated evidence that tea is healthy for you um, based on a couple of things. Um, the number one thing is going to be polyphenols, um, which tea is absolutely loaded with. Um, mm. So is maple syrup, by the way. You know, I wrote a book all about maple syrup and I know my polyphenols and they are amazing. They are, they are just the God-given like nutrient found. Yeah. Hi. In all plants, everything growing yep. has polyphenols. So eat your plants, guys, and drink your tea. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't want to, have to talk about polyphenols. No. Go for it. <laughs> oh, um, they're they're unique to plant material, um, and in tea specifically, they kind of give that specific flavor and aroma that people are familiar with when they're having tea. Tea tastes like nothing else. Oh, cool. Um, so it's actually the polyphenols that yeah. you're going. Oh, this is delicious. It's because of the yeah. polyphenols. Okay. Yep. And uh, if you're noticing any astringency in tea, um, that's tannins. That's another, uh, unique to tea, um, component. Um, and that's basically, uh, kind of an astringent material. So if you ever, um, we can get into that later, but if you ever notice your tea, if you steep it too long, it gets bitter. That's a tannin mm -hmm. relief. 
polyphenols, okay. tannins, um, basically the polyphenols are, are the health promoting properties of tea. They act as an antioxidant um, and for, for general health purposes, if you're protecting your body, um, the, the number one thing that causes chronic conditions like, um, like heart disease, um, and cancer and, you know, all of these things that are, that are scary and, and we want to avoid if at all possible, um, is, is cell breakdown. Um, so your cells have, there's free radicals, floating around in your body and not, not all free radicals are bad. Some, some aid, um, in, in protection against, um, infection and all kinds of stuff, but mostly you don't want a ton of free radicals hanging out because they can be destructive. Um, so cell damage manifests into things like cancer, chronic conditions, cardiovascular disease, and a bunch of other stuff we don't want. What polyphenols do acting as antioxidants, um, they control those damaging effects. So they're going to delay cell damage, they're going to help your body kind of protect itself against those free radicals. Um, and because of that high polyphenol content, that high antioxidant content, tea is a great um, overall wellness beverage because it helps protect your body. Um, I love from- that. I just love this idea. You know, I'm drinking right here. I'm drinking my polyphenols, yep. right? And yep. they're going to work for me. They're yeah. literally going to work. They're keeping me healthy and they're keeping my cells healthy, which like you said, everything comes back to that. If you have cell damage, that's where everything starts to just, you know, deteriorate my microphone. I'm getting excited about the polyphenols and I'm like, <laughs> why can't I mic again? <laughs> we love our polyphenols and they can also be found in, in some things that aren't tea, like, like robos, robos. Mm-hmm. Okay, wrong Again, talking to you let's a lot just of say it however we want to say it. We'll just, yes, we'll just yes. say the RT. <laughs> yeah, uh, Actually, it's Dutch, funny. True story. Dutch my daughter, my Dutch oldest Dutch. daughter went to South Africa in college and she brought back the rooibos tea. That's where I discovered it. And to this day, whenever her and I talk about it, she says rooibos and I say rooibos. And we're both like, wait, is it that way? Or that way? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. But yeah, but rooibos again. Yes, because it's a plant. It's literally the leaves of the plant that we are um, steeping in the hot water, you know, and then the polyphenols are going to work doing their job in our body. So I love it that this is a drink that's so delicious, so diverse, so many choices when you're talking about tea and it it's doing a good, healthy thing for your body. I love it. Um, Okay. So I explained in the beginning part of this podcast before I brought in, whoops, told Marlena, I told you I had these new earphones and look, I'm, I'm literally throwing my earphone now. I'm just, I'm a mess. <laughs> it takes a little bit to get used to, but you'll get it. Yep. <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh, okay. So I explained in the beginning part of this episode that there were three things that really got me looking into the tea that I was drinking and realizing I thought I was drinking something healthy and it really wasn't a healthy drink because I had bags that had been whitened with bleach that I was soaking in my hot water. I had teas that had been treated with pesticides that were then soaking in my water. And the final thing that I just recently have really started to investigate more is this whole idea of natural flavors. So in the first part of this episode, I talked about those first two things, but I didn't really get too deep into the natural flavors. And I would love for you to break down for us you know, what it really means when you see that and how we can know if it's the 
the good kind of natural flavors or something we want to avoid? Of course. That's um, really interesting. And it was something that I had to learn as well um, when we were choosing suppliers for flavoring um, and when we were making active decisions on how um, we wanted to blend and, and flavor our tea. Um, there are, there's uh, really beautiful teas that are just called straight teas technically, um, where the tea is not altered in any way and you're just tasting kind of the, the natural properties of that tea. Um, and then there are some teas that lend themselves really well to be flavored. So we love to explore kind of that, that balance of flavored versus non-flavored. And it's something that um, our customer base really enjoyed. So um, because the line Positively Tea is fully USDA organic, the entire line. We don't buy any non-organic teas because of that issue with pesticides um, and GMOs. So that um, with the USDA organic. Yeah. GMOs, that, I didn't even get into that. Yeah. I think USDA organic is technically non-GMO. Okay. Um, so that's, a, that's a good thing to know too. So if you're, if you see something with that USDA organic seal, that is also a non-GMO product, which is excellent. Um, so, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were doing the right thing. Um, and the right thing looks different to different companies. It really comes down to cost for a lot of companies and a customer preference. But when we went into this, we decided, you know, we wanted to be wellness focused and we wanted to provide our customers what with what we thought was the best option. So we went with a natural flavor. Um, the FDA, Can I just pause you and say thank you from the bottom welcome. of my heart? Seriously, because I spent a long time researching teas and I really wanted to find one that I was really happy with. And so many, I found that I thought it was good for one reason or another. And then, you know, it's kind of like, you're almost afraid to dig deeper. Cause you know, I really like this tea. I don't know if I want to know anything. More. Yeah, yeah, it's in my morning straw, what have I been drinking all these years? Yeah. And I don't want to give it up. Right. So don't tell me that there's anything bad with it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want artificial but, colors and red 40 and, and yes, preserves, all of these yes. things. And um, I knew that you guys didn't have that on your bag. You know, I knew I'd read through it all, but there was this last little thing and I was holding out asking you until not too long ago. Cause I was like, kind of holding out, uh, do I want to know the answer? Because I love this tea and I'm afraid of what the answer is going to be. But then when I asked you about the natural flavors, I was so happy to hear your answer. So thank you because it's, it's hard. It's really hard to find companies out there that, you know, you can really trust the product. Definitely. So um, when you're when you're looking at a food label, um, now there is there's obviously FDA regulations in place for all food labeling. Um, is it as good as it should be in the U.S.? No, no. certainly. Unfortunately, I wish it was better. Um, we're kind of light years behind where we should be, but we're doing the best we can to be as transparent as possible. And the FDA requires that. So when you're talking about artificial flavors versus natural flavors, artificial flavors are substances that are used to impart flavor and they are not derived from any animal or plant material. So no natural okay. materials are used to synthesize those flavors. So they are created in the lab. Um, I believe there's like roughly 700 approved FDA, don't quote me on that, but I think it's roughly 700 FDA approved chemicals that you can use to make a flavor. So something that's wow. wow. um, so, and funny enough, um, those combinations of those synthetic materials, those, those lab created flavors are often 10 times simpler than a natural flavor. So the actual chemical makeup of those are, are 
very, very, very simple um, mm. most times. So it's cheaper. It's easier to flavor that way. Um, there's a lot less hoops to jump through, especially if you want something to be certified organic because you cannot use any artificial flavorings. If you have a certified organic product, it, it kind of, it makes it null and void to, to have that organic certification. Um, natural flavors on the other hand, um, come from, they're derived from natural materials. So plant or animal material. Um, they can be essential oils. They can be um, essences, distillates. Um, then, like I said, they're derived from that natural source, plant or animal. Um, they're still of, put together in a lab, right? Even right. the natural flavors. Even the natural flavors. Yes. Okay. Um, because they, they have to be, the flavor has to be extracted somehow. So there is, um, there is different ways to extract um, but they, uh, there's kind of some different methods there, um, that, that they use to extract those natural flavors, but they're pulling them from natural material, which is okay. Like the so like it. in your apple cinnamon tea that I love, it yes. has natural, I believe it says organic natural apple flavoring or something right. like that. Right. But right. you know, so it's cool. not that it's not like you literally took the apple and kind of squeezed it really hard to get some juice out and put it in <laughs> like right. it had right. the apple was in the lab and they did certain things to bring right. the juice out or whatever an apple you know it could oh. be something that like apple um it okay. doesn't have to be apple is the flavor that it imparts that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they use to take the flavor from um okay. a lot of times um cinnamon and ginger are kind of used hmm. uh, because they have a sim they impart a similar flavor. Um, so what you're seeing on the label is, is the flavor that it's intending to impart. It doesn't necessarily mean that that product was used to create the natural flavor. Um, okay. Positively tea uses um, water soluble ethyl alcohol based flavors. So okay. this is a really common practice um, when you're working with organic ingredients to use ethyl alcohol. Um, it's, it's grain alcohol pretty much. Um, and if yeah, like, like they use for beer and wine, right? Yep. And vodka okay. and all those flavors. But we're not going to get drunk drinking your, your tea, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just like <laughs> if you were to drink vanilla extract, maybe. Yeah. Okay. You can light that off. Yep. Yeah. Um, but with the way it's blended in the tea, the alcohol is completely removed by that point. So what you're left with is the essence of that flavor. Um, and alcohol is just the means of extraction. Um, okay. so and I mean, alcohol, alcohol itself, there's like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just naturally fermented plant sugar. Right. I mean, correct. Yeah. Yep. Plant material. So we're talking about natural materials only. Um, we're talking about, um, you know, using natural materials to impart that flavor. Um, and that's a very, very common practice. If you have an organic line and you need to add flavoring to them, that's a great way to get a natural flavor. Okay. So you're taking what you want it to taste like, you're, you're putting it in the ethyl alcohol and you're letting it kind of soak in that flavor. And then the chemists, I, I won't claim to know exactly how they do it. <laughs> Because after all, we're um, writers. So what do we know about right, that? <laughs> right. Yeah, gosh, I would love to see how it's done one day. Um, there are some some companies that we work for, some some great flavoring companies um, that we've had um, good rapport with over the years that are are on the verge of, of making the best stuff there is. Um, I think you need to go on a field trip and like invite yeah. me along because I would love to see that too. <laughs> I, will report, I will report back to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it's it's super, super cool. Um, so I love this, that if I'm understanding, right, the first thing that you started describing was the artificial flavors, like five minutes ago, you were talking about the artificial flavors. And if I'm understanding, right, with 
natural flavors, there's a lot of options that other companies might do. Even organic companies could do it a different way. But the way you guys choose to do it is literally you use ethyl alcohol, which is just this natural fermented sugar from plants, basically, and something else from nature, whether it's apple or cinnamon or mint or whatever. Herbs. Um, yes. Any, any plant or animal material. Um, that's awesome. So there's literally never going to be something I can't pronounce involved in your natural flavors. That's awesome. That's all that's in there. So, um, like I said, that's a great option for, um, companies to use. And the, the, the best way to know what you're consuming, if you see something on a label, call the company. That was going to be my next question. Right. How do we know? There's somebody like me sitting there that is doing the work, um, and is, and should have that information for you. Um, you know, we don't put anything more than what the FDA requires on food labelings because it becomes confusing for the customer. Mm. There are, we, I don't want to put ethyl alcohol flavoring on, you know, a label because sure. what, it sounds what, like it's alcohol. <laughs> it sounds scary. What does that mean? Alcohol right. can be kind of a trigger word for people. So, um, I'm a consumer that, um, if I want to know something because of the industry that I'm in, I don't have any fear with calling up a company or sending an email and saying, Hey, can you explain this a little further? Like I would like to know. I also, and I, I have to do that. If it's going to be something that I'm telling people, this is a great product. I really, I can't do it unless I know. So, okay. You and I know how to do this. Cause you break it down a little bit more. How can somebody find that email that they need or how does somebody know who to reach out to at a company? So, um, if you, check out a company's packaging. They always are legally required to have their um, address and contact information on the packaging. If they don't, do not buy from them. Like, Great point. Because they're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always a point of contact on the packaging, the food packaging that you have. Um, there's also, if they are a certified organic company, you can always reach out to their certifier. Um, there's always a certified buy statement on all organic products. Uh, we're certified by Pennsylvania Certified Organic. We love you, PCO. <laughs> um, so um, you can always call our friends at PCO and they have our contact information as well. So if you're struggling to find okay. um, the contact. Now how do you find out? How do I know the positivity is with Pennsylvania Certified Organic? PCO would have a roster. So any organic certifier would have a roster of all the companies that they certify organic and they okay. are obligated to have their information on file. Okay. So it might take you know, days might even be a few weeks till you get, figure out where you're going or where you're going to get your answer from. But in the end, I personally feel like it's worth it because yeah. So especially if you have an allergy, like I can't have gluten and and corn. So (laughs) I'm very sensitive to those things because I have dietary restrictions. So Mm -hmm. I, I definitely, you know, if it's worth it, it's something I really want. If it's even if it's shampoo or something, um, and I'm like, Oh, I really want to try this, but I have to make sure um, I, there's been a few times where I've run into trouble getting in contact with people, but I would say 90% of the time brands nowadays, um, have been kind of putting those right pieces in place for you to get in contact with them. We're, we're such a, we're such a consumer driven world. I mean, our phones are right there with all the information that we need. It yep. is thankfully getting easier to, to get in contact with the right person. Um, and if you can't, that to me is a red flag. I was just going to ask you, is it too much, do you think, to say, you know what, if a company just doesn't give you that contact, maybe it's not a company that you want to use their products. 
Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think that's saying too much. Um, and you know, if they don't have the answer for you, and this has been my experience and I, I have had this happen to me where, um, somebody asks a question and it's beyond my scope. Right. Um, I've worked here for 10 years and there are still questions that I can't answer or sure. things that I didn't think about. Um, yep. I have our suppliers in place so I can reach out to our flavor supplier. I can reach out to, you know, the people that have helped this business grow. And I yep. can say, hey, I had a customer ask this question and I don't have the answer. Can you help me? Yeah. Um, and they get back to us. So and if it's yeah. a good company and a good buyer, like everybody's learning from the process too. So nobody really minds this effort. Like you're not really rolling your eyes at the customer. You're like, you know what? This is another chance for me to find question. out something more about our product. Yeah. You know, it helps our FAQ grow. So, you know, if it's a good question, I'm like, you know what? That's a really good point. Let me find good out. Point. Good yep. point. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I told you I was going to kind of pick your brain. If you could help us navigate all the different teas that there are out there. I think most people are familiar with, okay, well, we know that there's black and green. I don't know if white is as common if people, if there's white tea, I think rooibos is just not well-known and it needs to be more well-known. Okay. So as I'm like, <laughs> and, but that yeah. would fall under herbal, right? So yep. I'll just let you, you tell me how, what's a good way to break this down and explain to us what the differences are. Okay. Um, we can probably start, let me get a little notes out here. Make sure I don't leave anything out. Yep. Does a lot of it come down to oxidation, by the way? That is literally the only difference. Wow. Okay. Technically, unless you're talking about um, herbal, like an herbal tea. Um, so right. herbal teas are just a completely different chemical makeup. They're a different plant. They're, they're comprised of different things. So if you're, if you're talking about tea, you're talking about the Camilla sinensis plant. So that is, that is tea. Um, it, it's one plant. Um, it's one plant. It, it grows in all of those growing regions like China, India. Those are that's the same tea leaves. So those tea leaves that are growing in China, those are the same tea plants that are growing in India, which are the same that are growing in. in okay. Taiwan. So what makes? Okay, I, I really love Assam, and is it pronounced Nilgiri? Nilgiri. Nilgiri. I've said it wrong all this time. Okay, I'm going to actually write that down. <laughs> Nilgiri. <laughs> um, but they're very different but it's the yeah. same plant, but they're grown in different parts of the world. Right. I think I forget they're where they're each grown. Indian. They're both Indian. Okay. Yes. So why do they taste different? Um, a lot of it has to do with soil. Um, in, oh. in India, but the terroir can be different. So, um, processing comes into play. Um, it, it's very similar mm. to, to grapes. So if you're thinking like wine grapes, you mm. know, you that's a good different point. Different grapes that are growing in different regions of France um, or Italy or South Africa, beautiful wine growing regions of the world. Um, the terroir is different. So you're, you're dealing with different climate. You're dealing with different soil, your um, different weather, different rain patterns, all of those things come into play. Um, and it's, it's amazing. You wouldn't think it would make that much of a difference, but it, it can impart hmm. so much flavor. Um, the minerality of the soil, um, uh, oolongs have a really beautiful minerality, um, to it that, um, is almost floral. Good oolong has like light minerality and, and is usually, um, it can have like an orchidy floral, um, fragrance to it. And that's, that's soil, that's rain. That's, um, all the kind of beautiful aspects that make those growing regions of the world different and unique. Hmm. 
but it is the same plant. Wow. That's yeah. kind of crazy. To really think about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell us about the different levels of oxidation. Like, okay. So when you cut open an apple and you let it sit on the counter for an hour before you finish to eat it, you know, and you know how it turns brown, Absolutely. that's oxidation, right? Is that so yep, it's you're, basically you're changing the cells, you're you're kind of damaging the 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 cells of whatever you're working with. Mm -hmm. um, so with tea, um, there's different methods to do this. You can wither it, um, you can crush it and, and curl it in your hands, you can tear it. Um, hmm. there, there are a bunch of different methods to processing tea, hmm. but what you're really doing is you're disrupting kind of the, the, the tea at a cellular level, you're kind of mushing it up, you're, you're changing its form, um, which leads to oxidation. Um, so when you're talking about a black tea, um, which is, you know, our, our most westernized view of tea, um, that's the tea that the queen drinks, um, you know, that's what we're, we're kind of thinking of when we're thinking of tea kind of in a Western mindset. Um, but um, that is the most oxidized version of the plant. So you really wither it, you really crinkle it up, smush it up, fire it in a pan um, uh, to get it to have that effect that brings out um, depth of flavor, um, that brings out more tannin content, like I was talking about earlier, that okay. exposes more of those tannins. So black tea is very tannic. It has that um, which makes it more bitter, right? Bitter. That's what yep. you said before. Okay. Tannins are technically just a natural astringent. So it, it okay. does kind of that astringency to it um, that uh, some of the less processed teas would have. Um, and it's all due okay. to, to oxidization. Okay. So black tea is the most oxidized. It's been the oxidized. abused the most. It's you could been say. beat up. It has okay. been beat up. Okay. Lovingly so, but it has yes. been beat up. Yep. For a very um, good purpose. <laughs> um, green tea is essentially not oxidized. That's why the leaves look green. That's why when you're brewing black tea, it's a beautiful rose gold, almost like darker amber color. And when you're brewing green tea, um, it should be a really pretty golden pale yellow color if you have good, good quality green tea. Um, so it even affects like the look the liquor of the, the tea, the color of the tea, um, how it presents in the cup, um, much more mild, um, green teas can range in flavor. They can be vegetal. They can be, um, uh, floral, um, but usually much more mild in comparison to a black tea. You're not going to get that like very tannic taste, um, because right. they're not as oxidized. Okay. I kind of describe it as black is a deeper taste to me. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's a very good way to put it. And I, I, um, I love wines also. So I, I also compare it, you know, you're, you're talking kind of red versus white. So you have that depth right. of, of a red, and then you have the kind of light crispiness of a white, yeah. um, and kind of black, just more alpha alcohol is all. Right. Okay. So that's black and green. Okay. White. white. Um, which is one of my all-time favorites. Um, it actually has a tiny bit less caffeine too. Um, so for caffeine sensitive tea drinkers, um, mm -hmm. a good one to have kind of maybe later in the day, super mild, um, delicate, extremely minimally processed. Um, and it's made from baby tea leaves. Hmm. Um, I was going to ask you earlier if that impacted the taste, cause I thought it did. So they harvest the, the leaves off the plant earlier to make the white tea. 
Okay. Yep, they have buds even, um, and white, the term white comes from the fuzzy, downy kind of needles that are still oh. on buds and leaves, and they're white. They're kind oh. of like a Chinese I never color. knew that. Okay, so with, going off topic, but not really. With tomatoes, I'm a gardener. Cherry mm -hmm. tomatoes are loaded with the most antioxidants that you can get per bite because you have this tiny little tomato that has all that good stuff in it. I'm kind of guessing it might be the same with white tea then, do you think? I would, I would gather, yeah, white tea. Um, it's it's minimally processed. You're picking it when it's at its most probably nutrient dense. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, that would that would probably- And I wonder, like is that also why, I could be wrong about this. I could totally tell me if I am, but I think white tea usually is more expensive. Like at the grocery store, I feel like it is, right? Is um, that because yeah. it takes more? Go ahead. Perfect. It's a, it's, it's really just processing. Um, there, there's a smaller window of time that you can harvest it because it is right. so it's also extremely delicate. So they have to be really careful with it. You yes. don't want to damage the buds. You don't want to damage the leaves, um, because it's so minimally processed. So it takes, um, it takes a lot more time and care to harvest. Um, and there's a smaller window of time that they can do it. So that's why it's yes. Plus you have this teeny tiny little leaf. So it, you need a lot more of them to fill up enough to soak in your hot water. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's black, green, and white. What else is there? Oolong. Um, oolong, which is one of my favorites. Um, I think it's, to me, it's one of the most versatile. Um, the Thai, the Taiwanese really know what they're doing. Um, uh, China, Chinese oolong is excellent as well. We have a ton of Chinese oolong here. Um, but it, what is, do you mean about versatile? Are you saying that as somebody who creates flavors, like it, it can take on flavors the best, or what do you mean by versatile? Um, in terms of versatility, when you're talking about, um, what kind of what I'm talking about is, um, that there's a lot of different types of oolong. So, and just like with green tea mm. as well, it really does dramatically change the flavor. So um, you can have like a flat leaf style oolong um, or a, like a wiry oolong. Um, mm -hmm. really I have one that it's like curled up balls of leaves from you guys. So those yeah. are pearls. Um, okay. And that pearl shape, those are hand done most of the time. Wow. Um, uh, it's an ancient tradition. Um, so they're hand rolling those tiny little wow. tea. Um, and I can just picture this grandma over this big vat of leaves, just, oh my goodness. Fascinating. So, um, and those, those, it changes the flavor. So how you're processing oolong really does change the flavor the flatter, bigger leaves, um, that are oxidized more can give you a really beautiful smoky cup. We have, hmm. um, uh, flat leaf oolong that we sell, um, that has kind of a really cool, like almost smoky flavor. Um, and, uh, the tea Kuan Yin oolong that we have, which is one of my all-time favorite teas, um, is delicate and, um, it tastes like it has like a really beautiful light minerality to it. And it's fresh oolong, um, good, really good oolong is like really fresh tasting. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's versatile in that way. Like you can take, there's a bunch of different types of oolong and it ranges over a really wide variety of, of flavors okay. and profiles. So, um, there's bound to be at least one that you like, which interesting. is interesting. 
Which also makes it harder for us as a consumer because you might want to give up on oolong if you try one and don't like it. You know, yeah, you and you're like, oh, going. I don't want to smoke one, or I had a smoky one and I right. really did like it. And there's this beautiful, you know, almost orchid-like scented, you know, Tikwanin oolong that you've never had that is like the best thing in the whole world. Yeah. So. I will say though, I have been lost on your site, like lost for an hour or two sometimes because you have these great reviewers. Like you have people just like me going on there, you know, and leaving all these reviews. So if you're not sure if you're going to like this particular oolong, you know, you start reading the reviews and then you read the reviews for the next oolong and you kind of compare. So you do give us as consumers that on your site, like this way to get inside the brain of other people who have been liking or not liking some of these different. And we teams. post our negative reviews as well. A lot of companies. Yes, you do. That. Yes. Which is helpful. <laughs> yeah. And we so. all know. All right. of us, we're not silly. We all know. Well, just because that person doesn't like it doesn't mean I won't like it. I want to read why they don't like it. And if they say they don't like it because it has a chocolate flavor, I'm going, well, that's what I will like it, you know? I love so, chocolate. So I'm yeah. going to try it. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's still some more, right? We've talked about yep, black, white. What else do we talk about? Oolong uh, and green. And green. Yep. And now um, puer, which is. How do you really say that again? Say it again. Puer. I still like, can't say it. Puer. Puer. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a, a lovely name. Okay, uh, Puer. Puer, yep. Um, so that's Chinese. Um, this is a, Puer is a much more specific. Um, some of the other ones are kind of broad. Green tea, there you can have a ton of different green tea, a ton of different black tea. Puer is, um, is definitely kind of its own thing. Um, it is, it comes from the Yunnan, um, province of China. Um, all puer comes from that region. Um, and it is a black tea, Chinese black tea that has been fermented. Um, so it, it I've never tried this. Interesting. It's very interesting. Um, it has a very unique flavor. Um, it's earthy. A good puer is, is earthy, but not dirty. It doesn't have a dirty taste to it. It has an earthy mm -hmm. taste to me. It smells like, um, it can smell like fresh hay um, hmm. or, or fresh peat moss or something. It has a really, it does have a really beautiful Timothy hay, like a, like an earthy. Okay. Does it require a different kind of steeping or a different way to use nope. it? No. Nope. Okay. Um, kind of the same um, as, as you would brew black tea um, when they were bringing black tea over and all the merchant ships and stuff. Um, when they were, when they were carrying this cargo, um, if tea goes a little too long and it's been exposed to some elements, it's going to start to ferment because it is mm -hmm. a natural product. Um, and by the time it was reaching these faraway destinations coming from China, um, people were getting the tea and they're like, it's funky, but it's good. Funky. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. It kind of happened by accident. Um, and so it's got some good funk to it. Um, like well, you said like fermented and right away I was interested because anybody that's been following me in a while knows I love kombucha. And that's actually might be why I first discovered you guys, because I was looking for a source for bulk rooibos, black and white. I wanted all of those to use in making my kombucha and your price was by far the best. So that started my search into knowing more about your teas. I forgot yeah. about that actually. Um, but it's a different kind of ferment than kombucha. It is. 
Yeah, certainly. So you're not, um, you're not feeding it sugar or anything to right. kind of close the process. It was, an, it just it was sits a- in your cabinet. You, you buy yep. the leaves you, just like any other tea. Okay. <laughs> it it kind of got tucked away. And, and uh-huh. by the time they got to it, they're like, Hmm, this is a little different. Something, something happened to this along the way. Um, and obviously they started trying it and it was, it was insane. So it blew up. Right. Um, everybody was like, how do we get this? How do we make this? How do we recreate the, the environment that this process happened in? So we can, we don't have to put it on a ship or on the back of an animal for months to make it. It's like the way that some of the best things in history have happened, isn't it? Just by mistake, you know? Yeah. Yep. It's a little accident. So, um, they, they were able to ferment it and now, now it ferments in warehouses and stuff. And, um, there are two kind of versions of where there's loose pour, like what we sell. And then there there's, um, uh, where cakes. So they sell it kind of oh. into a beautiful little wrapped cake. Interesting. Um, and you can purchase it that way as well. Interesting. Um, so you have to like right break there. off part of the cake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Pretty cool. Okay. And then is, are we to the last one? The herbal tea? Is that okay? Which isn't really tea at all. Tell us about that. Really tea. Um, herbal tea does not actually contain any uh, caffeinated versions of that plant um, that all the other ones are, are derived from. Um, and uh, herbal teas and tisans can be made from just about anything, really. I mean, you could put anything you want in them. Um, Robos is a good one. Um, that's that's one of our favorites here. We kind of we kind of separate that out from our herbal teas just because I, I believe it kind of deserves its own category. Mm-hmm. It's such a remarkable, antioxidant-rich, beautiful plant, um, and that makes a great drink. So really we kind does. of separate that out on our site. Um, but herbal teas, if you think of really popular ones, we're talking about our peppermint teas. We're talking about our hibiscus teas. We're talking about, um, you know, really good blends with fruit and spice. Um, so yeah, anything that's not technically from that plant that all the other teas come from can be an herbal, an herbal tea. Okay. And And in the end, then a lot of herbal teas, tell me if I'm wrong, is it tannins that they don't usually have? Is that Um, one? Right. Yes. Okay. Um, but rooibos can, does have some tannins. Rooibos does. Yes. Right. Um, which is okay. Which is why rooibos can be used for kombucha. That's how I like found out this stuff about tannins when I was starting to make kombucha. Okay. Fascinating. It is. It really is. There's so much about tea that I find fascinating. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. You had, you alluded to a little bit earlier, we're talking about tannins. Let's get back to what you alluded to about bitterness. I know one thing that turns people off about tea and I see it in some reviews on your site. When I've read through, I'm like, Oh, they didn't follow the directions for steeping. They're complaining about it being bitter, but some teas have very particular steep times. So if you, if you mess that up, if you go your own way, that's okay. If you like the taste of it, but it's probably going to be bitter. So explain why to us. So that, um, that is that natural astringent, that tannin quality that, that those teas have, um, the longer you let, uh, teas with high tannin content sit, the more tannins will be released into the cup. Um, so you're, you're talking about nature a, a natural astringent, like anything else that, that has that bitter taste to it 
it's just leaking into your cup. Um, so black teas, um, if you let them steep too long, green teas also have a pretty high tannic content. So um, if you let them steep a little too long, you're gonna run into that sort of, I mean, it, 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 sometimes it can be like a metallic taste. Sometimes it can be a very bitter kind of off-putting taste. It can kind of present in different ways, but um, it also can dry out your mouth. Your mouth can feel quite dry. Um, if you're drinking teas that have been oversteeped and you're like, like this, mm doesn't feel refreshing. This feels like, I don't know, like something's real funky. Interesting. Um, now the temperature of the water also matters, right? Important so. because you can, you can kill all the, the good qualities, all the good antioxidant qualities that you're trying to have. If you, um, if you over boil, um, black tea can handle high heat. It's really one of the only ones that can. Okay. Now I am I love that I have it. I have this wonderful water heater that I can tell it what temperature I want the water to be, but I know most people don't have that. What's a good way for people to, if, if they're buying a tea that's supposed to be at 185, do you have a recommendation of a good way to know your water's at the right temperature? Yeah. 30 seconds off a rolling boil, um, is a good safe spot for tea. Hmm. Um, okay. so black tea can be steeped at 212. Um, which is boiling. Um, so you can, you can have really hot water for black tea. It actually helps release, you know, some of the good stuff quick. So you don't have to steep as long, um, okay. the way the tea has been oxidized and, and how, like we said, it's kind of been beat up a little bit. Um, it can handle that high heat. Some of the more delicate leaves that, that, um, don't have that, um, that kind of level of oxidization, they, they need a little more of a delicate environment. Um, so one, 180, 175, if you're talking about white tea, green tea, oolong, um, they kind of like that sweeter spot, 30 seconds off a rolling boil and you should be okay. Hmm. Okay. That's perfect. Good to know. All right. I think this might be my last question for you. Who knows? I might come up with something more, but I think this might be it. Um, the first thing that I started realizing about teas that I wanted to pay attention to was the bags. You know, I mentioned that I started thinking, oh, this is a bleached product. And then I compost for our garden. And I started realizing there's staples in these bags and I'm putting these bags in my compost. And then the worms are eating the staples and it's killing the worms, which anybody who composts knows you don't want to kill your worms. <laughs> um, and, and then <laughs> poor little guys, I was killing my poor little worms. <laughs> and then, um, oh, and you know, some bags, they, they have these fancy, I'm sure, you know, the name, I don't like the triangle shape ones. And there's like some, Pyramid some bag. sort of, okay. Some sort of plastic sometimes in these fancy yeah. bags. I don't want plastic in my bag. What do we look for as a consumer? Cause I know you just not too long ago started selling some of your teas in bags. Yeah. What do we want to look for to make sure it's an okay tea bag? So um, we introduced tea bags from consumer demand. Um, I realized that there were people that didn't have the time or the resources to have a fancy teapot and a, you know a nice um, water boiler or you know it's easy to make loose leaf tea. But if you really don't have time or you're not familiar and you don't kind of want to go into that territory, I realized we were sort of alienating an entire group. Of of people who, you know, I know how to use a tea You're bag. You're being tea snobs is what it was, yes, right? I was being <laughs> yes, I was. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to make sure that everybody has a positive tea experience, no matter where they're starting at, no matter what level they're kind of at. And, you know, I can meet them in the middle. We can still provide a really quality product um, that that has all the the good things that the loose leaf tea does um, at, a, at a more affordable price point and also more convenient kind mm -hmm. of 
method. Um, so when we started out sourcing, I knew right away those pyramid tea bags, those little plastic silky ones, they're full of microplastic. Mm -hmm. They've done studies. Uh, I've seen. I know. I've those, read studies that just make yeah. it obvious that it's, this plastic yeah. dissolves in, in, your in water. Right. That's just hot. Like, like you <laughs> drink like a, a hot water bottle that's been sitting in your car. Yeah. Um, you don't want to drink a hot plastic tea bag that's been steeping in, yep. in your water. You're going to be yep. drinking plastic. So, um, okay. Paper. So there won't ever be plastics in your tea bags. Okay. Nope. What else? <laughs> Made of paper. Um, uh -huh. and, um, we, what about the bleach? The bleach is important. Um, you don't want to bleach tea bag for the exact same reason. Um, you've got chemical bleach, um, chemically bleached tea bags, which, you know, in part, I don't know how much you'd actually be consuming, but they're bleached with a chemical. You're dunking them in a hot cup of hot water. You're probably going to be consuming some of the chemical at that point. Right. We oxygen, but your bags are pretty white. How do you do that? Oxygen bleached. So there's no chemicals involved. Um, How does that work? I didn't even I know you could do no that. Idea. The paper company. Uh, <laughs> Again, I'm asking, I'm asking an English girl a chemistry yeah. question. <laughs> I, I don't know how it works, but um, just like they can decaffeinate uh, coffee using just water, um, there that we have the technology. You can wow. oxygen. Okay, so why doesn't everybody do this? Is it more expensive? Uh, more Is it harder? It's okay. Yep. Not all companies do it. Um, it isn't the more expensive option when you're talking about bleach paper. So, um, we were like, that's a no brainer. We don't want yep. bleach. Yeah. Um, so does everybody do it? No. Is the company you're buying tea from, should they know that if you want to ask them, they should know. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was, that was a big thing. Our bags are heat sealed. There's no glue. Um, so the, the worms will be fine in my compost pile. Um, to connect the, the string and the tea tag, um, yeah. which are also natural fibers, um, no, no chemically treated string or paper or anything like that. Good um, to know that I hadn't even thought of that. Wow. I, I mean, it's, it, that's not really going in your cup, but some people throw the whole thing. In. Sure. It does. Yeah. We don't really want to worry about that either. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're, we're not, we're not chemically treating really anything that's, that's going in there. So um, that was a huge, really big, important part. We said, we're going to do tea bags. Let's do them the best that we can do them, um, to provide this, this level of experience for, for all of our tea customers. Um, yeah. So no glue, no bleach. Well, we do bleach, but we oxygen bleach. So it's different. Right. Um, right. And, uh, no staples. Awesome. Wow. Very Yay. good to know. I love it. I'm so glad that I found you guys years ago because the more I've gotten to know you, the more I love you guys. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. So I do have one more question. Very important one. If you had to only choose one, what's your favorite tea? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hard. Okay. I know. I should have forewarned you. <laughs> okay. If I had to only drink one of our teas, or of course, tea? okay, our teas, okay, yeah, um, our peach oolong. Ooh, that's another one I haven't tried. Spectacular! Wow. It is fragrant and floral and um, light. It's so good iced. It's so good hot. Um, mm. It's just a beautiful, beautiful tea. Really. Well, it, 
I'm going to wrap this up and go order some peach. <laughs> it's excellent. It's just, yeah, I could drink it all day. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so fun and I've learned quite a few things and I'm so glad that you took some time out of your day to enlighten us on the history and the details behind the teas that we need to look into. Yeah. And like I said, be, be an advocate, um, for, for what the product that you want and then the kind of consumer that you want to be. That's Absolutely. Probably, that's the biggest thing I've learned by, by sitting in my seat every day is that, um, we have a responsibility to ourselves and the kind of consumers we want to be to ask those questions and to, to seek out those answers and companies that, um, have a me will always want to help you. Um, so, you know, we're here to be as transparent as humanly possible. We're here to make, um, good decisions and, and, um, kind of incentivize, you know, purchasing from us because we are, you know, putting that thought into our kind of our end result. So, um, there are great tea options out there. Positively tea is one of them. (laughs) Positively tea is the best. So again, Marlena Schneider, the director of operations for fresh roasted coffee and positively tea. And thank you so much for imparting your knowledge with us today. It's been great having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks. So there you have it. Season three is a wrap. It has been so much fun. I really love diving deep into this topic with you guys. And I really hope that you stick around for season four because I am just as excited about really breaking down how to make real food more convenient in the midst of our crazy modern day lives. So until next time, remember, it's easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life, guys. So enjoy the simple, everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it's a good life. Now, if you're not subscribed, go do that now. Make sure you're following this episode or this podcast so you know when the next episode comes out. And go leave that review on your favorite podcast player, please. And thank you. 